0: Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. CCM is one church that meets every Sunday in various locations across Manchester. For more information about who we are or about our Sunday meetings, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com I wonder, have you ever had a really, really, really special week? It might have been, you know a holiday, or a honeymoon, or maybe the lead up to something. Um, For me, so I'm married to Michael over here, and we got married two years ago. So this time two years ago, we were planning our wedding. Which if you've ever done that, imagine that in lockdown. Very interesting. So we had lots and lots of preparation for this really special event. And that made me think of this week coming up. This is Holy Week and it's a really, really special week in the Christian calendar, um, and today is known as Palm Sunday, which is the start of this holy week, and it's a week in which we can journey with Jesus to his death and resurrection, and we can read about that in all four of the Gospels, so um, not, not every Gospel, so the Gospels are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they're stories about Jesus's life, basically his biographies, um, they don't always have all the stories in, so this one, it's a you know, pretty important story. It's in all four. Um, and today, I, I read all four of them. They're all pretty similar. But we're going to read from Mark today because I knew we'd have Mark with us. No, <laughs> we're going to read from Mark. So if you've got a Bible, you can turn to Mark chapter 11. We're starting at verse 1. Otherwise, it's up on the screen. So it says, As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and just as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it back here. If anyone asks you, why are you doing this? Say, the Lord needs it, and we'll send it back here shortly. They went and found a colt outside in the street, tied at a doorway. As they untied it, some people standing there asked, what are you doing untying this colt? They answered, the Lord needs it, and the people let them go. When they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks over it, he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, while others spread branches that they had cut in the fields. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest! Jesus entered Jerusalem and went into the temple courts. He looked around at everything, but since it was already late... He went out to Bethany with the twelve. So, my first th- thought was thinking about this cult, this donkey, um, thinking about that. And in a month, in about a month, there is a very, very important day. A very important day in May that, you know, many people will celebrate. And that day is my birthday. Yeah. Um, at, just after that, shortly after that, there's another slightly less important day when we will see King Charles be coronated. It's, a, it's going to be an important day for our country. And I've actually got a picture. Isn't she beautiful? Isn't Liz beautiful? But look at that carriage, this golden carriage. And I, I found out that Charles isn't actually going to enter his coronation time in this carriage. He's going to have a fancy car, probably because he wants bulletproof glass or something like that. Um, but there's a lot of pomp and circumstance around this, this coronation and around uh, King Charles's coronation. You know, there's a whole... Bank holiday for his coronation, and I was doing a little bit of research, and in Roman time, so about 33 AD, which is when the events of this passage are taking place. Um, they didn't have a king, but they had Caesar, which is. I spoke to Michael, my historian friend here, and um, you said it's 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 more. He's he's almost more important than a king. A Caesar, isn't he? So um, when Caesar, I knew Caesar was being becoming a Caesar. Um, He would ride in on a white stallion. Look at that. Isn't that glorious? Look at that stallion. He's got his flags waving. He's in this incredible armour. He's got this very ornate helmet going on. So that is how a new Caesar or a new sort of king of Rome would enter for his ceremony, for that becoming Caesar or becoming a king. Now, Jesus, on the other hand, who we know is king, he entered... Jerusalem on a donkey here we have Jesus on a donkey now, not just even a donkey but the cult of a donkey that is a baby donkey basically, and I was thinking about this, and I was thinking, you know, if you go for a walk down Reddish Vale, there's some little donkeys, they're really small now I'm not very tall but I feel like my legs would be dangling like, Jesus would have looked ridiculous on this donkey, like, compare (laughs) So I was like, why on earth is he rocking up to Jerusalem? It's cute, but why is he rocking up on this donkey? Well, it does seem ridiculous. And also, I was thinking, why was it important that it's a donkey that was never ridden? And then I was thinking also, Jesus, he seemed to walk everywhere. We've got all these accounts of Jesus, and he's most of the time walking. Occasionally, he's in a boat. Even then, he likes to hop out onto the water to walk on it. So... Why suddenly is he like, I'm going to ride on this donkey? Well, because it's only about two miles between um, Bethany on the Mount of Olives and Jerusalem. That's roughly what it is from my house to church. And I regularly waddle here at the moment. So why, why did he decide to get on a donkey? Well, it's to fulfill a prophecy that was given about 500 years before. Um, so in the book of Zechariah, we read um, that, here we go, rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem, see your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. He will proclaim peace to the nations. So Jesus riding on a donkey wasn't because his legs were tired, wasn't because he couldn't find a stallion. It's because he's riding in and that symbolises peace, his arrival in peace. Rather than a war-waging king arriving on this gorgeous white stallion on a horse, instead of him focusing on showing his royalty, Jesus focused on showing his humility. And now for most people in the city of Jerusalem where they were entering, they would have known this scripture, this Zechariah scripture by heart. They, um, will have had to, these Jewish boys will have had to learn this when they were about eight years old. So for anybody seeing Jesus riding into Jerusalem on a donkey they would have known oh wow he is the Messiah he is the king of Israel now I heard somebody tell um, this account of Palm Sunday of the events from the donkey's perspective so if you just bear with me the little donkey goes to his mum and he's like mum mum it was amazing I was I was just there like chilling out I was tied up and then these two guys came they untied me and they put their coats on me I know, I was so special. They put their coats on me and then this guy got on me and and then other people, they were laying down their coats so I didn't get my feet dirty and people were shouting and praising me and it was amazing, amazing. They were even waving palm branches. And then the mum says to the little donkey, little donkey, what they were doing, the shouting, the cheering, the dancing, the hosanna, it wasn't for you, it was for the one you were carrying. It was for the one you were ushering in. And that was a story told by a worship leader called Brian Dirksen. And he said, whenever I'm leading worship, I just remind myself, I am just a donkey. I am just a donkey. All this, if anyone's cheering or putting their hands up, celebrating, it is not for me. It's for the one I am ushering in. And what a great motto that is for us as followers of Jesus. We am simply a donkey. <laughs> I am simply a donkey. I am simply ushering in Jesus, the Messiah, the Saviour, the King. And you might be thinking today, but I am just a donkey. I'm a bit rubbish. Like, I can't, you know, why would God ever use me? And it was only a donkey, but the Lord needed it for his purposes. We read in verse 3 that if anyone asks you why you're doing this, say. The Lord needs it. The Lord needs it. So even if we feel like we are just a donkey, the Lord needs you for his purposes. For whatever reason, God chooses to use us and do his works through us as his people in partnership with him for his purposes. So even if you're thinking, I'm just a donkey, I, I, don't, I don't know this scripture, I, I, you know, I've not grown up in church, I, or you know, I'm rubbish, I'm weak, That doesn't matter, you are to be used for the Lord's purposes. The Lord needs you. And we can partner and do great things through Christ. So I want you to think, how can you be a cult for Christ? That's what you're going to think about. The other thing that um, I was thinking about in this passage, because this is a passage that I've, I've known for years, I've grown up in church, you know, making my own palm branches to wave around. But what was the significance of people's cloaks? or their coats that they were wearing. It says in verse eight that many people spread their cloaks on the road while others spread branches that they had cut in the fields. And I always thought when I was little, well, to be honest, just until a week ago when I started looking into this, that people were putting down their coats so that Jesus's feet didn't get dusty. You know, because if he sat on this donkey, his feet are dangling. Like, he's going to get dusty. Um, But then I looked a little bit more into the representation of this coat or a cloak And in those days, a cloak represented somebody's occupation or position or authority in society. Um, And it made me think about uh, Joseph, which is, it's in the Old Testament of the Bible. And we're going to look at um, a series on Joseph in a couple of weeks, in about a month, yeah. Um, And basically, Joseph got given this glorious cloak. You've probably seen it or heard of it. Joseph and his Technicolor dream cloak. That was given to him, his position, favourite son. Didn't go down very well, but he was given that. And then I thought about the story Jesus tells, the parable of the prodigal son. And in that story, the father takes off his cloak and puts it around his son. And it symbolises him taking off something, welcoming his son back into his family. So I thought, wow, these people taking off their cloaks, it symbolised them taking off their own position, authority, status, and laying them down before Jesus. Because in the presence of Jesus, there's no rich or poor, no identity other than the identity that we have as sons and daughters of the King. And I want you to think today, what identities are you holding on to? Are you in any way reluctant to lay down your metaphorical cloak, your identity on the dusty road before Jesus? It might be that your place in your profession Um, ahead of your relationship with Jesus so often when it's things that are important I'm not saying professions aren't important and work isn't important but we can think well I can't go to that church event because I've got work or yeah I probably haven't got time to pray this morning because I've got to you know get on my emails quickly and that profession that's secondary to your identity as a son or daughter of the king is your identity as a sports fan more important than your identity as a son or daughter of Jesus? Is it more important to you to to get to that match, to be like, no, I'm not going to go to church today, I'm going to go to that match? Or is it, oh, I need to be looking great in that mirror, I am going to get down to that gym, like CrossFit, Dan. I'm joking. (laughs) He does do it, but he's here. Um, What identities are you putting ahead of your relationship with Jesus? It might be that... It's not you putting on your own identity, striving to be someone. It might be people's opinions of you. It's the identity that someone else has given you, whether that's good or bad, overshadowing the identity that you have in Christ. I loved it at our prayer and praise on Tuesday night. Nikki symbolised this really well, where she put on a cloak and then took it off because when we come to Jesus, you can put on a new cloak. And it says in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, therefore, anyone is in Christ. He is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. When we come to Jesus, that old identity, that's gone. We come and all things become new. Make sure your identity is in Jesus. Now for me, I was thinking about this identity and I am pregnant. I'm not just getting fat from lots of sausage sandwiches. Um, But it's uh, there's been a shift in my identity of how people perceive me and it's thrown me to be honest because suddenly people don't ask me to do things they're making decisions for me they're telling me not to put chairs out which is you know for my own good but it's it's been a shift and it's difficult and I'm like but this is my identity and poor Michael has had me in tears many a time because I'm like I don't know who I am anymore and bless him I love that he loves Jesus his response which I don't always like to hear is you're a child of God that is your identity and I have to remind myself, and I'm not very good at listening all the time, am I? So I'm preaching to myself here as well. But we need to lay down the cloaks, the identities that we think we've got before Jesus and put on the cloak that Christ gives us. The other thing that's pretty symbolic in this passage is um, the palm branches. So in the account that John writes, which is in John 12, it says specifically that they took palm branches and they went to meet him shouting, Hosanna! Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. Hosanna in the highest. So, people waving these branches around, shouting Hosanna, that was them praising Jesus. They were celebrating his triumphal entry. But, why specifically does John tell us that they were waving palm branches around? Well palm branches represent victory and triumph so when um, a a king or a a Caesar or somebody that had been to battle came back and they were victorious people would wave these palm branches symbolising that they've been victorious and that was a mighty symbol of what Jesus was going to do on that cross and the word Hosanna um, it's often used as sort of an exclamation of praise and jubilation but Um, when they were shouting it, it it actually translates to, Lord, save us. And we read that in Psalm 118. Lord, save us. So the people of Israel were expecting Jesus to come in triumphantly, save them, and they were probably expecting it to be in a specific way of Jesus coming in and overflowing, overflowing, overthrowing the Roman Empire. However, this isn't how Jesus went about it at all. Instead of coming in all, you know, swords blazing, um, ready to fight on his stallion, he came in as a prince of peace, not dressed in armour, ready to fight, but dressed in humility, ready to love. And we've just read how people were praising Jesus, shouting Hosanna, but so quickly, their praise, that turned to protest. If we jump forward a couple of chapters, spoiler, this is another part of the Easter story, But um, in Mark 15, we read about how Jesus was on trial. So he's been arrested. And Pilate asked, do you want me to release for you the king of the Jews, Jesus? For he saw that it was out of envy that the priests had brought him to them. But the priests stirred up the crowd to have him release Barabbas instead. He was a murderer. And Pilate again said to them, then what shall I do with this man you call king of the Jews? And they cried out in protest, crucify him. Within less than a week, the same crowd that were shouting, Hosanna, praise him, Lord, save us. Their cries of praise turned to cries of protest. And I wonder sometimes if maybe we're willing to praise God on a Sunday when it's nice, we're with people, the music's sounding great. But then come Monday morning, somebody's, you know, gone in front of you in the car and instead of you praising anymore, you're then protesting, shouting. Rather than us being crucified with Jesus, we're just ignoring what he's done for us and just trying to live our lives. It says in Galatians 5 that those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. What do you need to crucify today? What sins or earthly desires do you need to crucify? I think sometimes um, we turn our praise to protest because we don't always get the answers that we want. And I I wonder, I was thinking about Judas, who a few days later went to the priests and offered to betray Jesus for just 30 pieces of silver. And we don't know why he did this. I'm, I'm speculating here. But I wonder if, was Judas expecting Jesus to fight against his arrest? Was he trying to provoke Jesus into some sort of action that he was expecting himself? Was he thinking, this is how I think it should go. This is what the plans I think you should do. But when it didn't go that way, he was like, right, I'm going to take things into my own hands. I don't know. Maybe, maybe Judas had... We don't know Judas's heart, but I just wonder, was that part of it? And do we sometimes try to take things into our own hands when things aren't going our way? When the, the things we think God should be doing aren't happening. Um, about this time last year, I got COVID, and that was fine, but then I got long COVID, and that was not fine. And I, for about six months, had a headache, a migraine for six months, and it was awful, and I was really sad. And... Um, and to be honest, you know, you're trying to praise through that storm. You're trying to praise through those circumstances. But it was really difficult and I had to leave my job. And, and it was, would have been so easy for me to be like, do you know what? I, I cannot praise anymore. And just to protest, protest, protest and be angry, angry, angry at God. Now, God can absolutely handle our anger. like I've shouted at God many a time. But it's important to praise as well. Don't become like that crowd so quick to be praising. Hosanna, save us. To turn it into protest, oh, just crucify him. And for me, when I was um, in that position, um, there was a song, which the lyrics should be up on the screen, and it says this, it says, Even when my strength is lost, I'll praise you. Even when I have no song, I'll praise you. Sorry, just got emotional then. It's because God is good. (laughs) Even when it's hard to find the words, louder then I'll sing your praise. I will only sing your praise. Even when the fight seems lost, I'll praise you. Even when it hurts like hell, I'll praise you. Even when it makes no sense to sing louder than I'll sing your praise. I will only sing your praise. And I challenge you, whatever situation you're going through, continue to praise God. In that season, to be honest, that is the, I'm a, I'm a worshiper, like I love worshipping God through music, and I was struggling to sing. This was the only song that I could sing, but that's okay because I was singing praise. Even if all you can do is say, Hosanna. Lord, save me in this situation. God hears that. Continue to praise God through whatever situation. Um, And I found this quote from somebody called Germany Kent. And it says, let your life reflect the faith you have in God. Pray about everything. Be strong and trust God's word. Now, Jesus was crowned king. The crown that he was wearing was pretty different to the crown that we'll see King Charles be um, coronated with. It was a crown of thorns. And we'll no doubt hear more about this at, over the next couple of day, uh, services, the Easter services. It's part of God's plan. Jesus coming at Easter wasn't an accident, Him riding a donkey wasn't an accident. Those fulfillment of prophecies was not an accident. And it's such an honour that we can now come and we can celebrate Easter and we can live in the freedom that Christ brought us on that cross. And I want you to think, will you be a donkey for Jesus? Will you be a colt for Christ? Will you let him use you? Will you say yes to him when the Lord says, I want to use you? Are you willing to lay down your cloak, your identity for Christ? Are you willing to praise Jesus even when it's hard. If you're needing God to save you, bring those situations to God. If you're feeling like you need to lay down your identity to Jesus, if you've got a coat, maybe you want to lay that down physically, representing that you are um, wholehearted, wanting Jesus' identity on you.